What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, and I am joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. What's up, dude? The boss baby himself, sad boy Barrett. Yo, yo. And GameSpot's own Chastity Vicencio. Hey, how's it going? Give her the claps, guys. Give Hi. her the claps. Make Ooh, it, I good think to be back. Good to be back. This, this might be your screencast debut, I think. It is. Mm-hmm. But you've, of course, been on, on uh, many of our shows before. But you're going to be joining us as we review The Mandalorian. I'm season so two. excited. I'm so I'm excited. Very... I, got, I got my baby Yoda. <laughs> Hell yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, so my cute. God. I love it. Very... What happened to our baby Yoda? I don't. Do you know? So I've hit up uh, Greg about it multiple <laughs> times. And he said, oh, it hasn't come yet. It's still coming. Which one did you get? Did you get the animatronic? Oh no! I we got the big, the big, the big, the life size. It was like three hundred dollars, yeah. like Dang. screen accurate. That's not true. I mean, that was that was earlier this year though. That was like back in January. So I wonder if like I think COVID was, stuff pushed it back. I think it was supposed to come out Possibly. in November. Hmm. Uh, okay. I think. Okay. Hmm. Well, I hope that he's out there somewhere. I hope someone's <laughs> keeping him safer than the Mandalorian seems to want to keep uh, the real baby Yoda. But we're going to talk about that stuff later. This is kind of funny screencast. So we got to talk about all of the news that you were looking for in the entertainment sphere. You can watch this show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Or you could watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you one more link to pimp out and that is patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can go to get the show ad free and you could also be a patreon producer like james davis at james davis makes and andrew feisner did we love and appreciate both of you so very very much thank you for everything you do kev what's that behind you right now what's what behind me on your, on your chair oh it's our jacket Oh, is that the, yeah, is that the is. PS I Love You bomber jacket? Wow. It's so cool. Wow. Oh, is, are those PlayStation controllers on the sleeve? Does that go from the PS1 all the way down to the PS4 controller? Oh, I'm so my excited God. to get mine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, com slash store, baby. Let's go. <laughs> That's where you want to go. Uh, anyways, let's get into the news. Enough of all of the shilling. Netflix is increasing its prices. Ugh. This comes from Not The Verge. again. Oh, yeah. Again, baby. Netflix is introducing price hikes for its U.S. subscribers today, increasing its standard plan to $14 a month and its premium tier to $18 a month. We're getting up there, man. Uh, The new pricing for the standard plan is a dollar price increase from $13 a month, while the new premium tier cost is a $2 increase. New subscribers will have to pay the updated monthly fees, while current subscribers will see the new prices over the next few weeks as they roll out with customers' billing cycles. Industry insiders have long anticipated another round of price hikes at Netflix, which last increased subscription fees in the U.S. in 2019. Uh, Recently, Netflix increased the cost of some plans in Canada, but Netflix rolls out countries at, at different times and a Netflix spokesperson has said that they they don't look at it as a whole they very much look at it as a region by region situation um, the goal was to have so many hits that you know when you come to Netflix you can just go from hit to hit to hit and never have to think about any other service that is the strategy we're going to use going forward and we think that it's going to work even if we're going to lose some subscribers a Netflix US price uh, Netflix U.S. price hikes could boost 2021 revenue by $500 million, even with subscription cancellations, analysts say. Where are you guys at with this? They're it, doing it because they can. Yeah, They're number one. They're top dog mm-hmm. in, in the streaming game right now. They're just doing it because they can. And will we pay? Absolutely, we will. Like It's just something I can't not have. 
it's Chastity, like at what at what point is it not worth it to you or does that do you think that it could reach a point <laughs> with with netflix's yeah, offering sure. uh it, it depends on like what they have coming up next and if i if i've watched everything i've wanted to watch um but yeah there's probably a limit where i'd be like nah it's ridiculous and also you know i just don't like spending too much money but uh i'm not sure what the number would be <laughs> how about you yeah. guys well, I was just going to say, like, this is all, like, it's crazy how, you know, the whole, like, oh, you, if you want to cook a frog, you, you put him in room temperature and then boil it up. And, and it's like, that's what's, like, I don't think right now if someone was like, hey, you have to pay $18. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm, wait, I'm hold sorry. On. I'm You've sorry. Never that? You've never like, heard that? You've never heard that? No, I know what you're referencing, yeah. but the way that you said it and, like, how oh, you yeah, said it. Oh, yeah, I'm not great at up. saying things. I'm not great at saying things. <laughs> but, like, it's just one of those things, like, right now, if you were like, hey, do you think you would pay $18 for the, like, top-tier Netflix? I would have been like, no way. No way. And, like, what, when I originally signed up for it, it was, I think, $12. And now it's yeah, like, it oh, it's going, up, it's going up $2? That sucks. But it's, yeah. like, man, it's crazy how this works. And there's just nothing we can do? I'm not going to cancel my Netflix. <laughs> the thing is, uh, like, you said it went up two bucks for yeah. the premium, right, Tim? That's American. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not it's not such a big jump, but it is, like, I, I think it's just been something that has been happening over and over uh, again, over and over, over time, that, like, now we've realized, like, oh, shit, we're paying 18 bucks a month for Netflix. What is happening? Um, and so, like, I feel like I'm close to my limit, honestly, because there are so many other subscriptions uh, that I'm, like, juggling through, and I think they're, like, as far as like original Netflix content goes, like I don't know if there's really any like hit after hit after hit that I'm paying attention to that's Netflix specific, you know? Well, I feel um, like they're all spaced out too, like where it's like what Stranger yeah. Things. We they love Stranger make Things. So much stuff, and also they've canceled like twenty to twenty five. Yeah, so much of their stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like the one that I, the show that I cared about the most, Mindhunter, is forever gone. So I like, love I, you no, really it, lost. It, but me it, there. it wasn't canceled. It's just where like uh, the director was like, it's gonna be a while till we do it again. No, like they're they're I, I don't I think it was like Netflix like opted out of any like uh, future seasons or something like that, um, and then uh, like you you. You get me with, like, The Politician and some other shows, but, yeah, they just... Uh, I don't feel like the ones that I really care about come as frequently that, like... Does Netflix do any, like, weird thing where, like, if you unsubscribe, you can't, like, resubscribe to them for a bit or anything like that? Kind of like what... I don't what, think uh, so. No. Like, AMC fun, so does no something idea. weird like that, right? Um, so <laughs> well, I, it AMC might is have like, to be hey, soon. you're punished. You're punished. Yeah. We'll see you in six months when you've thought of your decision. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I feel like Netflix might have to start being the thing that, like... I cancel, and then whenever something like Alyssa and I both really love, uh, we'll get it for like the month or something like that. But yeah, well, I think I'm getting to my breaking point with Netflix. Barrett, what is your like default streaming service? Like what, when you're bored, what do you turn on? You Hulu. Uh, Hulu. Yeah, you're one of the only people in the world. <laughs> that's where I get. That's where I get my <laughs> My Hero Academia, uh, where I can mm-hmm. you know watch it over and over again. Yeah. Without uh, the ads, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, I feel like Netflix is the, the Coca-Cola of the streaming services where it is just kind of the standard. And that's not to say there aren't other great ones out there that have amazing offerings. Hulu has great stuff every once in a while. But I think that 
$18 a month for what Netflix is is offering is not too much. And I do think that as they've increased the prices, they've increased the amount of content that they have. And I know there's the debate of the quality quantity, but I think that they they have both. They have a lot more shit than they've ever had, but they also have a lot more good stuff. And they still do have great stuff. And every once in a while, something like the the documentary that just came out, the social dilemma. Uh, Social dilemma. Yeah. It's like there'll be these like moments that like we're not expecting, we're not planning for, but they just happen. And those happen a lot. And I think when you look at the comedy specials that they add and then from the conversation the four of us just had for the last five minutes, we named like 10 shows. And it's like, sure, they might have canceled 25, but we did get three awesome seasons of Glow. I wish we got more. But we did get Mindhunter. We did get this stuff. Also, everyone should watch Dead to Me. So good. And also, so if you good. haven't watched BoJack, True. even though that's uh, and like that's another show where it's like it's ended and like we're not going to get any more of BoJack, so that's like, but, like another like major well, show that right? I loved. What it ended well, like you were happy. With oh, the oh yeah, it's it, it's fantastic. Like the go, penultimate seasons? episode is seriously one of the best ep- uh, episodes of television I would say ever. But again, that would be like a thing. Like I don't know if like having access to that all the time really justifies me paying $18 a month. And like, again, I'm not saying like, uh, fuck Netflix. I'm never going back, but, uh, it's more of a thing. Like I I might have to start looking at, okay, like we'll get this like once or twice a month throughout the year when something new comes out and like, we'll watch that new thing. And then, you know, we have a chance to rewatch stuff that we really love. Yeah. I just think that it's, they give enough reasons to kind of catch you to you're looking forward to those one or two things to subscribe to, but the effort it would take you to go unsubscribe by the time you're doing that you'll see something else you're like oh i guess i'm interested in watching this like kev you had no plans on watching the witcher series but you did you it's know true. what i mean and if it wasn't on netflix i don't know that you would have right but that was just another thing. i wouldn't have paid for that and i really enjoyed it tim yeah and guess what cobra kai season three and four coming baby like are you kidding me let's go and that's a, a perfect example like jokes aside of what i'm saying where my friends all watched Cobra Kai seasons one and two when it came on Netflix, which is the reason I got into it recently because they're all like swearing about how good it is, and they wouldn't they didn't watch it when it was on YouTube, you know. But right. it came to Netflix and it's just presented differently, and that's just another additive thing to like just be like, oh, I guess Netflix is the default. You go yeah. on and they they kind of curate for you where it's like you'll give things a shot that you wouldn't have otherwise if they were on other platforms. But at some point. I feel like they're not going to add the value on top of that $18. Like by the time they hit $25 a month, it's like, how, what, what's their content offering look like there? Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. God, I hope uh, And like also a shout time. out to like the other quality content, like uh, the recent one trial of the Chicago seven. Like there are things like, I, I imagine if I wasn't subscribed to Netflix, I don't know if I would have like naturally like gone on my way to try to uh, watch that. But since it was, I, was subscribed and it was already up i decided to check it out and it was like one of the best movies this year um so they, they do have quality but it, like I, I see some people in the chat which i kind of agree with like uh zach ma uh says i feel like uh they have one good show or movie for every like 100 pieces of trash that they kind of put up there so. but but when they have Ten thousand pieces of trash that means there's a lot of good movies yeah right and, and also and sometimes you yeah. want to watch trash like what was yeah. that show? That, hey, oh. yeah. Too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. Thank you. The circle. The Let's circle. Was so yeah. Good. Uh, that was whoa, some whoa. quality content for. What's the the, the the floor is lava? Hell yeah. 
<laughs> Real talk, that's though. like it's true like trash show. that true trash dumb shit that it's just like it's there in addition to all of these other other things but uh anyways moving on from this more streaming news sony is aiming to buy crunchyroll which is crazy uh sony has reportedly entered into final negotiations with at&t to acquire the u.s-based anime streaming service crunchyroll according to nikai asia sony recently obtained exclusive rights to bid for the hugely popular streaming services and now is prepared to pay upwards of 957 million dollars to acquire the platform which has 70 million free members and 3 million paying subscribers signed up globally as part of the deal, it's reported that Crunchyroll would also give Sony access to more than 1,000 anime titles. Sony previously acquired anime distributor Funimation and its 1 million subscribers back in 2017. However, the company said to now be looking to expand its customer base further by strengthening its entertainment offering to better compete with the likes of Netflix, Hulu, and all the other global streaming services. I got to say, I didn't expect Sony to get into that game. I know everyone else was, <laughs> but not that I didn't expect them to want to. I just felt like the last couple of years have been so rough for Sony from the entertainment perspective that I thought it was good. they were going to partner and license with others to kind of just be like, hey, we understand where we're at with this. We can't compete. Our library just simply doesn't match. I, I mean, they do, own, they do own Funimation, though. Um, and I know that was like a couple of years ago. But I, I, I think if they're – I don't know if they'll do this, but like <clears> – <throat> and maybe Chastity, you might know this side a little more of like – do we think there might be like some sort of marriage between Crunchyroll and Funimation now that they're both under Sony's house or like, because I think that would be interesting, but um, yeah, like I'm not but, super surprised that they kept going on this train because anime is fucking rapid. Yeah. They, so they want a majority of the anime. So I'm wondering if just like someone up top, like has a kid and then like they went to a meeting like, have you guys heard about anime? <laughs> like we should get in on this. I bet you someone, someone got into the meeting and was like, Look at these numbers. Guys. Look at these numbers. People like this <laughs> anime stuff. They love it. They love it. Yeah. Um, and they probably mispronounced it. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think Crunchyroll and Funimation actually did cross over for a bit um, in terms of like dubbing and sub like release stuff. But I think that was that back stopped. in 2016 because yeah. yeah. we, yeah. we partnered stopped. with them back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that had to do with AT&T buyouts and Verve. VRV yeah. coming into play at some point. So then they got split. Right. And that's always been the, the biggest bummer is like being an anime fan's hard because the content is so divided across the different platforms. And okay, you get the subbed here, you get the dubbed there, but you have to wait for it in this territory and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If they were all in one place, I do think that that would be best for the, 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 the users, you know, people that are actually just trying to watch the content. Um, being under Sony, I don't know that's necessarily where I want it because to, to me, you need the, the, uh, the platform that works you need the video player that's a good experience right and yes. in my experience crunchyroll has not been that answer and funimation stuff has definitely not been that answer so i would much rather this go to a netflix right imagine if netflix bought uh crunchyroll or imagine you know with a, a player that just works <laughs> right then i feel a little better about that 18 dollars. and then yeah, there feel, you go i feel like they have been expanding their like anime arm like I, i've been getting a lot oh, yeah. of recommendations where I'm like, yeah, they're oh, going heavy now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it would be cool to like have the backlog on Netflix, but any if Netflix was heading their any new content uh, above Crunchyroll, I would not feel great about it. Not feel confident in what Netflix could uh, lead them to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Why? It's, it's they have like unlimited money. <laughs> 
Yeah, they cancel a lot of shows. Uh, I, I feel like their relationship with uh, trying original anime content hasn't been, like, the best. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, so, I don't know. Like, Is Castlevania still going? Because I feel like that's their biggest original uh, anime. Yeah. And, like, and it's I think fucking it's, yeah. awesome. And, and again, it's, it's like, like uh, the person said in the chat earlier, like, there's one really good piece of content for every, like, hundred pieces of, like, really bad content. But, I mean, yeah, isn't but that true for every? Isn't thing? that just yeah. anime? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even anime. Like, Fair. every streaming Everything. service has a ton of trash. Like, God, Amazon Prime, sometimes you're looking through and you're like, these aren't movies. These That's can't the be worst movies. one for me. I can never find anything to watch on Prime. Yeah. Amazon Prime, I think, is the the one that is the most, if you don't hear about it from someone else, you don't know there's anything worth watching there. Like, someone needs to be like, you have to watch this on Amazon Prime or else they just don't do a good job marketing it because everything just looks like an ad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like enticing content. That's you know? Uh Speaking of enticing content, though, HBO Max, kind of killing the game here. Tiny Toon Adventures reboot. And uh, Gandhi, how do you say his name? Tartakowski? Tartakowski? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Tartakowski. Tart I think so. Yeah, Tartus. Gendy Tartakowski. No, not Tartus. <laughs> Tartakowski. Well, it's Gendy. It's Gendy, right? <laughs> yeah. Not Gendy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was just Oh, okay. You're making it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever said it out loud. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyways. I was too scared to Wait, ask. Like, it, it's been like so long, and like I'm too scared to ask uh, Wait, how to pronounce it. He's his doing tiny. This no, is crazy. No, oh, okay. no, no, Kevin. No. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Because he just did uh, the like. What was that? The like. Samurai the prehistoric. Tech? Yeah, I forget the name Primal? of it. Primal. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I watched the first episode. It's fucking uh -huh. out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, surprised. he's getting even more out here. Here, so uh, we got Tiny Toon Adventures reboot, and uh, Gendy's getting a new series ordered at HBO Max and Cartoon Network. This comes from Variety. A reboot of Tiny Toon Adventures is among a number of new series order at HBO Max and Cartoon Network. Uh, the new series is titled Tiny Toons Lunaversity. The half-hour animated show will feature characters from the original series, which aired from 1990 to 1992. I can't believe it was only. Three years. That's no, I thought yeah, that was but, like the entire like beginning to mid nineties. Yeah. But I guess I was just rewatching. I, I, it I think it just over. feels long because like a lot of shows yeah. back then, especially a lot of kids shows, like a season was like a shit ton of episodes, yeah, and like they were episodes. also like like mm -hmm. they were also spreading them out. Like it, it wasn't every week that you were getting a new episode. Uh, SpongeBob was like at least that like specific like first three season uh, era like felt like it was forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, there were 98 episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures. And I guess when you put it that way, that does sound a bit more right. Uh, but man, shout out to Tiny Toon Adventures. And shout out to the, the movie they made, the made-for-TV movie. It was yeah. so good. Uh, but I'm, I'm stoked about this because the I haven't seen Animaniacs yet, but the trailer for it looked awesome. Yeah, that comes out, I think, mid-November. And this oh, is I weird. Like, uh, is So that's coming to Hulu, and then this wow. is doing... HBO Max. Um, I, I just think it's interesting that they're kind of like uh, spreading. They're out. splitting things up. Yeah, they're spreading things out. Hmm. 
So in addition, HBO Max and Cartoon Network have greenlit Unicorn Warriors Eternal from Genny Tartakowski. Inspired by myths and lore from across the world, the show will follow a team of ancient teen heroes as they work together to protect the world from an unforeseen omen. Throughout history, unicorns have symbolized the virtuous appearing to ensure that goodness reigns. When the reawakening of our heroes comes too early, they find themselves in the bodies of teenagers. What the fuck? (laughs) Okay, let's get weird. (laughs) <laughs> He's so the fucking weird, man. Cool, I love though. him. Let me see. There it is. It's going to look great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. He's amazing. But also, I'd really like to see his take on Looney Tunes. Just saying that. Now that it's been <laughs> said, I just... <laughs> I will say, Kevin, I was just as confused as you were when uh, both of these things the were The headline, trending. right? It's a because, dumb like, headline. The, the trending, it made it... The way it was trending on Twitter the other day made it seem like he was heading the Tiny Tunes thing. I was like... <laughs> All right, let's let's strap in and see what this is about. <laughs> um, how how are y'all liking HBO Max? By the way, so far, uh, I think it's my right now. It's my number one spot to go to. Oh wow! Is, yeah, it's crazy. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I just watch the same things over and over again. I'm just watching Fresh Prince on it uh, like <laughs> all the time, and then I'll occasionally watch uh, some series. Like I was watching Lovecraft Country. Uh, for a bit and then yeah I, I i tune in once in a while but i often just go back to netflix mm. yeah i love hbo max and i think that it's just kind of it's up there with just a standard like i can't imagine not mm. having it because hbo shows and that like when you just look at what hbo max is sure it's not that interesting but like when you understand that it's hbo and like they there will never just be an hbo from now on like yeah. any original show on the channel is a show on the service. It's like, yeah. that makes it valuable for those big kind of tenpole moments. And it has the library. I just wish there was a bit more consistency. Like they're jumping into this in 10 years, HBO max is going to be super dope and have every single thing you could ever want. But mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer to go in and like every franchise you look at, even their big DC ones, it's like, okay, they have the first movie, the second movie, the fourth movie and the sixth movie. Yeah, and it's like, exactly. And they'll what? just like take some away randomly on months. Like, yeah. it's like Aquaman disappeared. We're like, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, like none of the Nolan movies were on there, but I think yeah. like Batman Begins is now on there. My, I guess my frustration with it is just like how, it, at least for like the devices I have here, it's just not accessible really. The only device I have yes. in my house oh. that plays it is my PS4 Pro. And like when the PS5 like said like, oh, these are the streaming services launching on day one and HBO Max was not on there. I was like, fuck, am I going to have to keep Dude, my Pro for that like the next pain. couple months just, get just a, to be able to use HBO Max? Get the new Chromecast. It's like $50 and it's got yeah, I guess. all that on there. Is it? Inca. I thought it was 50 I thought... Yeah, I think there is a $30 one you can get that's super cheap. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll look into it. I, I, I just think it's this. it's yeah, just frustrating. Um, of like the LG TV, I think I had, or no, it, it, I forget what was before this one. Uh, TCL, I think. Um, like that was a that was a smart TV. Uh, HBO Max uh, wasn't on there. Uh, I think it was specifically because of Roku. And I get this LG, and it's a smart TV. And HBO Max is also not available on there, and it sucks. And then like, um, I think because just like all of my streaming apps on the PS4 Pro just, like, don't run well. Um, I get a lot of buffering on HBO Max, too, uh, which is frustrating. Yeah, because you're not um, hardwired in, right, for your... No, the the, the uh, PS4 Pro is hardwired in. And you um, still like get even... buffering? Oh, yeah. It's really frustrating. Like, I, I think it might just be poorly optimized for the PlayStation platform. Because, um, yeah, like, 
we'll like get halfway through a Doctor Who episode and then it'll buffer for like five minutes <sighs> and then it'll start playing again and then it'll buffer for another two minutes and then it'll like I, I highly know. recommend Chromecast just to I'll look into yeah. it it's just like it's frustrating like how selective they're being on like what platforms they're actually on yeah. which is I, I my main frustration if it was more accessible like I would be on it all of the time uh, just because there's a lot of content on there that I do really like one yeah, of it was Roku, favorite. and it was like Fire TV that like it, yeah. you just couldn't watch on. Like I have a Fire TV right behind me, and I I can't watch HBO Max on it, so I like go downstairs mm. to my old Samsung TV to watch it. Yeah, I've literally just been like, "Fuck it, I'm committing to this. Like, I want to watch this stuff in, in the best quality I can." So I have Chromecast Ultra and uh, Fire Stick 4K or whatever, and between those two, everything's available. So it's like it sucks that you have to have that type of investment because they're dumbass like. <laughs> licensing deals is, and shit. Is there like, 10 that, streaming services, different TVs, a like yep. Chromecast. Are, are there <laughs> are there streaming services like big ones that aren't on Chromecast like you can't Chromecast to? Cuz like Amazon at this point patched it in. I think you can use I, do everything on Chromecast, Chromecast seems to be the most versatile and yeah. I know a lot of people just don't like it cuz you have the, to use your phone. Yeah. But now with the new Chromecast, the new one, you don't. Yeah. There's a remote. So. Also Fire TV for my test looks a little bit nicer. Always in my experience yeah. too. Yeah. The, I, uh, I always aim to use my Fire Stick 4K yeah. before I use anything else. And, like, that's shockingly cheap. I think that's $25, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, one last thing about HBO Max, because this is my favorite feature, and this is what I used to use when it was HBO Go. They have the last chance section. Like, this is just always my go-to of, like, because it, it gives me an excuse mm. to be like, oh, <gasps> fuck, I haven't seen V for Vendetta in hella long. And then Paula was like, oh, I haven't seen it. Literally last week we watched it and it was like, oh, that's great. Now Stuber's on there and it's going away. I got to watch Stuber soon. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was sad that Return of the Joker was leaving, but then I remembered I owned it anyway. So I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't really matter. There you go. <laughs> um, then there's a little bit more of this Cartoon Network story. So there's, there's three new projects from children's book author, illustrator, and playwright Mo Willems, who I'm not familiar with, but I just wanted to read these names to you guys. Uh, the new animated series are Unlimited Squirrels, Okay. A yeah. CGI animated rock special called Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed, the rock special. <laughs> and Sis. a pilot order for a live action immersive series. Cat the Cats Show the Show, Show with You the You. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. And then the last bit I wanted to bring up about this whole uh, HBO. It it doesn't surprise me like that him being attached to that because he I recognize his name and he worked on Codename Codename Kids Next Door. And so all those naming conventions do not surprise me. That's fucking rad. Uh, And then going back to the Tiny Toons thing just a little bit. uh, This is a weird one, but I wanted to bring it up to you guys. There is a a voice actress named Cree Summer, who was the voice of. From Rugrats. Oh, was she? Who was she? Uh, what was her name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was she? Oh, was she was Chucky's oh. sister. No, 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 no curly um, hair, curly hair. <laughs> uh, God damn it! Someone in Why? the chat will know. Yeah, hold on, hold on, Susie? hold on. Susie Carmichael. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dope. Yeah. Um, Susie Carmichael's a real one. Yeah, she yes. definitely is. She was the voice of Elmira in in Tiny Toons, and she tweeted Elmira. out. I just got the word that Elmira will not be included in the Tiny Toons reboot <sighs> with a broken heart. Damn, Tell dude. me why. Tell me why. In 2020, my first gut reaction seeing this tweet was, what did Elmira do? Like, in my mind, Elmira got canceled. <laughs> like, and I literally, it, 
it took me like three <laughs> minutes of doing research. I, I was looking into it. And I was like, did, was there some controversy about Elmira? Like, we, and then I realized like, what am I doing? No, <laughs> like this is just by happenstance. She's not in this. But anyways, Elmira, if you're out there, don't do anything stupid. Uh, <laughs> just some top level shit here. Oscar Isaac in talks to star in Moon Knight, the series on Disney+. Plus. I, until this is confirmed, <laughs> that would be tight. I'd be all in, dude. Okay, he, he, here's the thing: Do you have the the other two uh, names that were also possibly in there? I don't have them now, but okay. go for it. Uh, it was um, so Oscar Isaac, David mm-hmm. Diggs, and Nick Kroll. Three very, very different uh, actors and styles. And, and so never, I'm let's let's never forget um, Keanu Reeves. That's his favorite character. It's true. Forget. it's true. Honestly, like I would love to see a David Diggs in Moon Knight. Um, I just love David Diggs in general. I just want to see him in everything. Um, but I, I, I find it fascinating that they're pulling from like such different showcases from different actors. Um, that makes me wildly interested in how this project is going to end up. I mean, I also think that a lot of this is bullshit, and just people like kind of like <laughs> this. I think these are the type of like casting rumors that just get spun out of control and then someone heard someone else say the thing and they're like oh i heard it from this person well, that, Tim, it must be verified i heard rahul coley was going for it too and uh, he might be, you never know yeah, you never yeah. know uh but i think the oscar isaac stuff is a little bit more substantiated and with that it reminds me of the uh the hawkeye casting of the girl from bumblebee um Haley, 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 Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, mm-hmm. it's confirmed, but it's not confirmed. You know, it's like once variety and once like these like real sites like are con- talking about and confirming this stuff, it's like, or at least doing the whole in talks thing. It becomes a lot more real, but I'll believe it when I see it on a Comic-Con stage or Comic-Con Zoom call or whatever it ends up being. Faint but Af- I'm excited about it. Faint um, Affid just said in the chat, uh, I'd like an Aaron Paul Aaron Paul as uh, Moon, Knight. Moon Knight. And for yeah. a second there, I was like, that would suck. Then I thought about it. I was like, I feel like he could really do a good job with that role. Yeah. Really nah, I don't see it. Sure. I Aaron love Paul's him, but I, I don't I don't. I mean, see it. I mean, but like the whole like schizophrenic thing and I, Aaron Paul like for going, I don't know. I could see it. Uh, then moving on to some more superhero news here. James Gunn told Kevin Feige a lot about the Suicide Squad. Uh, Gunn told Empire. He had to fill Feige in on why exactly he couldn't jump right back on Guardians of the Galaxy 3 following him being rehired on the project. Gunn told Feige he was working on a DC movie, to which Feige replied, is it Superman? Gunn said that the character was a possibility for him to tackle, but it wasn't the one he chose. Fuck. Interesting. Can you imagine oh. a Gunn Superman movie? Oh my god, <laughs> no, I honestly can't. That would be so cool. I can't, but I would watch the shit out of that. But I, uh, also, after- I like the, the 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 possibility of him just being like, hey, James, what do you want? You can do whatever you want. We Anything. won't get mad at you. Uh, just like p- pulling out a board and just like pick one. Yeah, pick one. And I just love that Superman was an option. Uh, after telling Feige that it was a new Suicide Squad movie, Feige replied, please, please make a good movie. Just make a great movie. <laughs> and I love that. One I love that so much. I love that they just support <laughs> each other there. That's great. Uh, Gunn told Feige all about the Suicide Squad's characters, including the villain who is yet to be revealed to the public. Quote, Kevin knew who all those characters were for months before we revealed them at Fandom. Uh, he still knows who the villain is. I think he's pretty trustworthy with his NDA. So I don't think we're going to be in too much trouble. Uh, and he was... <laughs> 
There's some other stuff, but then shifting off of the Feige stuff, he was being asked about the original Suicide Squad movie, and he said, listen, David Ayers got in trouble for the movie, said Gunn, while talking to Empire. I know it didn't come out how David wanted it to come out, but it did. But he did one really, really great thing, and that is he picked fantastic actors to work with, and he dealt with those actors and building their characters in a really deep and fearless way. It's something David definitely deserves to be lauded for, and it's definitely added to this movie. Uh, it's definitely its own thing my movie it doesn't contradict the first movie at least i don't think it does it might in some small ways i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i didn't really i didn't really watch the first one (laughs) (laughs) i I love james i love i know he's so cool and then uh in some news that just gets me so incredibly hyped creed 3 is happening and michael (gasps) b jordan will reportedly direct it oh what wow wait really Mm-hmm. Is this Michael not exactly what happened with Stallone? Didn't he direct one of them too? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are we going to get to like the one with the robot? Balboa, the birthday Rocky robot, Balboa. Right? Oh, that that was uh, four. Wasn't it just called? <laughs> no, Ro- Rocky Four. I, I all I think about. I'm, look, is I'm looking it up. That one have a sub name? Oh, Stallone directed six? all of it. No, he, he I, and I forgot about this. He like he tried to make one. For hella long, but he couldn't get money for it for a long ass time because uh, he wrote it, wanted to star in it, and direct it. Yeah. He directed the Oscar. second one. Oh, yeah. He, so he did one. not direct the first one? He directed two, three, but okay, he and wrote it, four. wanted to star in it. At six. He did six. Right? <laughs> did, I, it just, history is repeating I itself in so. a fun way, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. He did not direct Rocky Five. Is Rocky Six just called. Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Yeah, he directed that one. Yeah. All right, so here's wow. the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is reportedly set to direct Creed 3, the third installment in the film series. Uh, buried in a report from Deadline about the possibility of No Time to Die, the James Bond movie skipping theaters for a streaming service, it was mentioned that while MGM still considers Bond to be its crown jewel, it is also working on a Creed sequel that Michael B. Jordan is considering to direct. Uh, no further details were given, but this isn't the first time we've heard about Jordan potentially being picked to direct Creed 3. Uh, the producer, Irvin Winkler, not Henry Winkler, said, I promised Michael B. Jordan that he'd get his chance to direct Creed 3. Last year in a conversation with our Creed star, Michael B. Jordan, I offered him the opportunity to not only star it, but also direct it, and he was very excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Creed 1 was so good. Creed 2 was like, I just couldn't even handle it from like a sexuality perspective. Like there was just so much raw appeal in that movie that I don't know how how 3 can do because you know he's going to direct his own training montage to be the hottest thing this world (laughs) has ever seen. Like the Creed, Rocky, like those movies are so much better than they have any right to be. At least the first four minus three and i haven't seen the ones other than that and then creed what's up barrett i still haven't watched creed one and two. Oh man barrett oh, you should you're gonna love them you're gonna fucking love them yeah. and going no spoilers the 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 montage like the equivalent of the rocky running up the stairs moment in creed mm-hmm. one is it's magical it's anime it is anime at its best <laughs> of just pure hype where you're just like he is, what a, is, he is an anime right fan now. so he is Ooh, anime. Like, well, mm-hmm. and like if he's directing the third one like think about how anime that will that'll be I um i also wait. still have yet to watch any john wick movie while we're at it i'm with you yeah i can't wait we're gonna do that for in review but Ooh. leading into creed 3 we will i can't imagine we don't do rocky in review because i haven't ever seen a rocky movie i've only seen the creed movies so 
exciting times ahead for all of us, specifically me. Uh, two more quick stories. Tomb Raider 2 delayed indefinitely. I didn't even really know what was happening. Are any of you guys bummed about this? Super. Mm. Super bummed. No, I mean, it, it was fine. The first one was fine. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I watched them. She like, did a good accident. job. You watched it by accident. Where it's just like one of those <laughs> things that like I I have no idea like how maybe it was on on a plane and one of those planes you can't choose <laughs> That's what's a plane on. Movie right there. Yeah, that is yeah. a plane movie right there. And I watched it on a plane. Yeah, and I may have missed like the first fifteen minutes, and it's just like it it was fine, and it yeah. sucks that like I you know I guess. But also, I, I, if I'm not excited, then it, I don't. I guess it doesn't suck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's too bad <laughs> yeah, that it's kind of box Thanks quote for right your there. valuable insight. <laughs> uh, but this is something that is very exciting. Adam Goldberg is pitching Goonies too. He tweeted this out, Kevin. If you could bring up the tweet, please. There's an amazing image. Big news! I tried to wait out this damn pandemic to present Richard Donner the Goonies two in person, but I caved and set a Zoom meeting for it Friday. Never say die, people. The brilliant M. Barnard art created all my concept art. I don't want to give too much away, but check this out. And it is a a piece of concept art where the cavern from the first movie has been turned into a museum. And that is one of the coolest premises I can imagine for this movie. So cool. And she's got a key. Love it. I love it. I hope this goes well. I hope the movie's good. I hope it actually happens. But... We're very far away from all that that stuff happening. Tim, I don't have a great sign. segue. What's up, Kev? There's a water slide sign. You know, water slides are probably something you could buy on a website somewhere, Kev. It's true. And you could probably get a sweet deal using honey. Ladies and gentlemen, this back to this show. And now it's time. Such is our code. This is the way. The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1, Chapter 9, The Marshal. Can we just start for a second? I just want to say I appreciate that they're straight up just calling this Chapter 9. Like, has a show ever done that before? I, none that I know of that are just like crossing over seasons. And they're just, I, I think just gonna the, continuing the numbering. I, I, I feel like there was one and I can't think of what it was. The only thing that I can think of is Avatar, but they, they don't do like each season is well, a book. Books, yeah. So they, they didn't cross over seasons for that. Yeah, I just love it. I think it's super, super damn cool. Uh, let's stay spoiler-free for just a second. We'll make it very clear when we're moving into spoilers. Chastity, what are your thoughts of the season two opener? Loved it. Um, I just rewatched season one, and it's keeping up the same pace, keeping up the same level of excitement, and uh, Baby Yoda, who doesn't love Baby Yoda, a.k.a. the child right here. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed the cameos and guest stars that we got in this. Uh, I don't know if that's spoilery or not, but um, they, they fit in really well. And I loved the action a lot. Barrett? Um, I think this was a solid first episode. Uh, and to give context, like I, I enjoyed season one. Um, I think there are a, a lot of great highs, a, a few weird lows. Um, and there are some things in this episode that reminded me of some of the lows from season one. Um, and like, again, without really getting to spoilers, I think like the premise, uh, ignoring like all the other cool stuff that this episode does, I think like the basic premise uh, of this episode, I don't think we needed 55 minutes of. I, th- I did think that this uh, episode kind of lingered a little bit here and there. Um but also like it's serving cool scenes and, and stuff like that. So I think it was a, a solid return to form. Um, 
I, I did. I wasn't expecting it to fully get into the action of like what the this entire season is going to be about. But I was expecting maybe a, a little bit more than what we got today. But um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Kev? Um, I was very critical of the last season, and I think that they certainly improved on certain things. Like one, like the there, there was still the emptiness that kind of makes it feel like it's on you know a lot or in their like crazy um, thing. Uh, so I feel like they did a better job moving away from that where they had more people around the sets looked like they were dirtier. So they looked like lived in a a little bit more lived in. There still was some emptiness to it, but I mean, also it's, it's a desert planet. So, you know, like there's a lot of like, you know, open spaces, but, uh, overall, I think this episode certainly has my attention. There were some things like, like Bear is saying, that were like, oh, you don't have to spend this much time here. Um, or, um, but like, there were also some things that, like, the end of the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, you very much have my attention. What <laughs> are you doing right here? So, what like, that ending. definitely wa- what an ending. Yeah, that definitely left me wanting more, or at least answer mm. the question. I really hope that episode two starts. And it's more connected than I felt like mm-hmm. the first season was. And really quick, just to kind of clarify, because uh, John Bob Stab in the chat says, I just don't think we're ever going to get the linear storyline that peeps are looking for. And that's not necessarily what I'm looking for. Like, I, I've compared this uh, season one of The Mandalorian to, like, a lesser live action version of Cowboy Bebop, which I like, I think that they're trying to do Cowboy Bebop in a live action kind of uh, uh, setting here, but they're just not nailing it as well. Like I'm fine with the kind of like going back and forth between like a, a, a smaller storyline connecting to like the overarching thing. Um, I just, I, I don't think they quite nail that balance all the time for this show. Yeah. For me, I think that this is, either my first or second favorite episode of the series so far. Um, and I would oh. say that it's right behind or ahead of the season finale last time. And I think that that, that one, perfect. it was just, it was so good. It was a good, like kind of, it all built to it. And, and it, that kind of like gave me the most of what I wanted from the show. Cause I would prefer to get a type of plot like week to week that we're expanding on. Cause like, that's what I, I like to see, I don't really like the more aimless, like, side story stuff but that's not what the show is like i think that whatever his name in the chat bobo 92 uh was was getting at is like i don't think we're gonna see it because that's not what the show is and i think that this season premiere solidified to me the things i like about the show and the mind space i need to be in to enjoy it at maximum capacity which is essentially there's a whole bunch of things happening that might come back at some point and seeing characters that we were introduced to in the middle episodes of season one kind of just pop up in this one gives me like hope that I'm like, Oh, they're building out this universe. And while I might not give a shit about these people or the things Mm -hmm. that they're doing when they happen, when they pop up again, it's not just like the member berries type like, Oh, I know you. It's more of like, Oh, there is a world that's, that's being built. And it it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it like makes sense that this character is popping up, uh, whether or not we love them or not, uh, that, there are as, uh, aspects of that uh, today's episode that remind me a little bit of like how they built uh, characters in Clone Wars and Rebels as well. So uh, let's get into full spoiler mode so we can just stop beating around the bushes some of the things we want to say. 
We're going in. Spoiler time, baby. Let's go. Where do you want to start, Barrett? Um, really quick, Cool G has Cool G watched like the first couple minutes of this episode? <laughs> he would love this planet for all of oh, the. Oh uh, my god! For Space all the tagging. Yeah. Yes. Dude, the, shout out to the tagging. It was it was so cool. I love that there was like I'm not sure of this, but it definitely felt like they were hinting at like battle droids. In some of the yeah, artwork. and it, and like uh, like, some of like the like the snowtrooper like outfits, I think that were tagged on there too, which was really cool. What's up, Chastity? Yeah. There was like stormtrooper helmets that were crossed out on there. Yeah, but it so looked really cool. good. Yeah, but it um, was re- a bit much. Like this it, is it, one it, of those was moments a little where bit I was like, like <laughs> "How does this much happen?" Like this is one of those moments that felt like, okay, they've improved it. But they may have gone a little too far. <laughs> um, I, I, I like that they kind of teased a little bit when they like go into that um, uh, fight club or whatever. Uh, the 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 Gamorians are fighting, and that was like a almost like a foreshadowing of like where the rest of the episode was going, uh, to like what uh, the rest of the episode uh, related to, and just like that that first like fight. Um, where Ma- like he's being taken from like every side, and he realizes that I don't know if he realized in that moment, but he kind of realized in that fight at least of like, oh, they're getting really fucked up if they try to hit the best car, and then he uses his helmet to like hit back at someone else. It was really really cool. Um, yeah, that that fight was so dope. That fight to me, like that opening scene of the this show of this episode, really like is what I'm talking about. This season cementing what the show was from the first season, where. Mm-hmm. He's a badass. We get to, we've known him now long enough that he's not just this like nameless guy in armor. We know his name. We know his character. We know what he stands for. We know where he's going, all that stuff. And for him to sit there to, to do the, like the classic Mandalorian walk with baby Yoda through these like dark alleys with the space graffiti <laughs> and these like weird little, the red eyes and stuff. It felt so star Wars in a way that I appreciate. We're so used to seeing cantinas over and over and over. So I liked seeing the outside kind of like match that grind level getting into the fight club. I, was immediately hit with like the budgetary talks of this where I'm like, the fight did not look great. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> and like even the Gamorreans themselves looked a little off. Uh, my, as well. my thing is, I was okay with how yeah, they I thought looked. That was fine. I didn't, mm. I didn't like how the effects of the, the uh, weapons they were using. Oh, yeah, like the right, kind right, of like right, yeah. Yeah, that wind was effect or like shield effect that was happening. It, it happened yeah. on his suit too when they shot at him, right? And on I, his chest, it had uh, something I similar. I think so. And I think they just added that effect to kind of like, they're like, this just looks weird, like dorky having these two guys kind of like punch at each other. Like they don't look good enough to like sustain our believability for this. And I feel like that took me out a little bit. But again, it's like, cool. It is what the show is. Like yeah. I understand. Like I, I can't ask for more. There's these things fighting. Pretend it looks better I, than it does. I can move on. I thought they had like Dune like shields, but that doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> <laughs> we can move but, on. Then we get then we get uh, him talking Wait, to the, the dude the cameo. who is John Lake with Zamo. <laughs> Wait, he's the alien. Yes. He's the yeah, alien, he's the Cyclops. Oh, yeah. wow. that's crazy. Did not notice it at all. I didn't catch it the first time. Then in the credits, it said in order of appearance, John Logazama. I was like, wait, hold on. I'm like, yeah, yeah yep, that was him. That was I him. don't believe to go anybody back caught it. Voice. No. There's no way someone was like, I mean, he had so John much. Leguizamo. He had so much makeup on, and he, he was doing a very different voice. John Leguizamo mm-hmm. has a very distinct voice, and that mm-hmm. that alien. I mean, damn. Now I want to rewatch the at like the start at least to like hear it and see if I I can see it. Yeah, you could hear hints of his accent, but it's 
<laughs> completely not obvious at all. It's it blew my mind, but yeah. Uh, so funny. And also, you haven't seen that species in a while. Uh, uh-huh. Not a lot of abyssins. <laughs> <laughs> but Damn, <cool>. Chastity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love this scene because it, it happens quick enough to get to the point, but it doesn't, like, go too fast. Like, I like that we get the, the fight scene, the build-up to the fight scene where they're having the dialogue about the, I want your armor. Like, oh, mm. do you bet? Like, all that stuff. Then he, like, shoots the guy. It's exciting. Some of it is a little cheesy and whatever. But, again, <laughs> I'm okay with it because it fits because it leads up to the Mandalorian music playing while the Mandalorian oh, like, fucks right when up. the fight ends, I was going to bring that up, too. Like, right when it ends and then, like, the theme pops up. Oh. And I was like, I'm back in, baby. Like, Dude, that, that opening is so strong for me. I really liked the opening for this episode. And that's my thing. They earned it. Like, Mandalorian Season 1, we can think whatever we did about it. But I think that where we're at with 2, when we hear the Mandalorian theme, we're like, let's fucking go. That means they did something good, right? Like, I feel like that to me is where I'm starting this season off. And I hope that it, it maintains this because moving on after that opening scene, when they're like, you got to go to Tatooine, I kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, are we really <laughs> going back to Tatooine? Before, before we get quickly? to Tatooine, though, I love when he hangs uh, John mm-hmm. from the, the light pole and he's like, you won't die by my hands. And he shoots the light so the like it gets all dark and like all those like scary creatures go around him. I was like, that is cold-blooded shit, Mando, and I love it. I love this energy that we're bringing into 2020. I do wish the there was a little, bit of, a little bit of setup where someone was like, man, keep a light or something, where it's just like, oh, what, this planet just has weird aliens where there's no, or, you know, attacking <laughs> yeah, when there's no light. Like a, a little visual no, context I, for it. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. it made sense, but I just didn't know it was a pitch black world. That's all I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so yeah, we go to, go to Tatooine, and then immediately we see uh, Amy Sedeckis' character, which was definitely Sedaris. my least favorite. Sedaris. Ellie. My least favorite character from season one. <laughs> but really? even having said that. Yeah, absolutely. And, 100%. And it, it, it's <laughs> with the, the way she acts and her dialogue and this. I was like, I don't like it. But it, it was fine. <laughs> Because again, it, you know, it was her it and it familiar. was that that kid bounty hunter, and I didn't like both of them, but I liked mm. her slightly more than I liked him. Yeah, uh, both of them. Uh, that's why, like, I think that's the weakest episode from season one, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is because of both of them. Uh, her acting reminds me of like <clears throat> the kind of like overacting you get from like when. Um, famous stars have to record something for like a disney uh park ride there's like a they go like a little over like they go a little overacting like 15 percent. that's what amy sedaris is doing and it's like i'm not on a disney park ride right now i'm trying to watch a star war and it's like if she brought it down like 15 percent, i think she would actually fit the tone of the show but she just stands out like a sore thumb but that's what she does like in everything she is, her. you know, then what I mean? they like, shouldn't have got her then. No, yeah, I know. They should have like, gotten someone else. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, whoever got her, and I like her in other things too. Must like, have I, known I just, that that's what she was going to do, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's on. It's purposeful. I mean, yeah. you can tell. Yeah, they have so many comedians in the show. Yeah, it's cool. It's just I think that she doesn't fit, and this is another example of it. But again, it didn't bother me that much. Just like the effects of the the fight, I was just kind of like. All right, she wasn't in that much. She was in enough to like kind of just give the context, and I appreciated it. Where it's like they're building a world here. Mm. Of course, and, he would uh, go leave his ship there. Asto Goose uh, points out. Uh, I do like that he is cooler with droids now. I, I, I do. I noticed that too. It was like, oh, because of his experience with IG Eleven, um, he's like a little more like, yeah, they can fucking work on my ship. Uh, fine, whatever. Um, I, I like that little bit of uh, character did, progression there. Did we ever find out why he hates droids? Because of because the of 
his the situation Clone Wars. Family. He got orphaned. Yeah. yeah. Remember when the droid army killed his parents? So the answer is yes. Don't get all mad. It's very. It's very. So so then yeah, just moving on. I immediately <laughs> in the chat came as like they murdered his whole family. And it's like it's not often that that is the answer to a question. <laughs> Uh, we get another. We get a little cameo here from R five, who was the 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 droid that Luke called Red in A New Hope. I guess it's yeah. now chilling with uh, this woman. That, that's the one that uh, like kind of blew up, and then he chooses R two. And then when they sh- uh, show another shot of R two, then Red five is behind R two, totally fine. It's one of those like weird things where it's like a inconsistency in that movie. And every time that George Lucas goes back to fix things, he never fixes that shot. And it was <laughs> both my dad and I to an nth degree. That is undescribable. Uh. One thing I wanted a, a line that I wrote down that I just loved that he says once and I'm like that is so cool and then he says it again and I'm like I actually think I really love this show. It is I've been quested to join him with his kind. I love that that is how the Mandalorian is putting his, his what the plot of this show is is he is on a quest to bring baby Yoda to his kind and that sets the tone for me of hey guys this show it's just a video game in show form. And I think that we got hints of it last season where like we get the armor upgrade, we get all that stuff. This episode was a straight up mainline mission in a dope RPG. And it's like you got to fight this giant monster at the end and all that stuff and all the things oh, that they're doing. Oh, a doom worm. And, and it also, the, the thing is straight up from KOTOR, the great oh, dragon. Yeah. I, I, I knew it was something from uh, another Star Wars thing, but to me, my immediate thought and everybody else on Twitter, uh, this was Michael Bay's Alaskan Bullworm. Alaskan Bullworm is an episode of SpongeBob where they have to fight a really big worm, and it just reminded me of that, but a Michael Bay version of it. Y'all need to like uh, pay more attention to Dune, all right? I keep saying Dune stuff, no one's reacting. I don't like it. No, I, I, I'm reading it currently, but I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, reading's but, for nerds, yes. though. I was saying, like, Dude, Kevin, it's, it's Kevin, what? Your shoes. It's what? shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant the sci-fi uh, miniseries. Uh, but anyways, I, I really just, I appreciate it. When you look at it through the lens of, like, this is a video game show that works and functions that way. Like, I said it when I watched Kubo and the Two Strings, that that's the best video game movie to ever exist. Like, I feel like this isn't the best video game TV show to ever exist, but it could be. It just needs to, like, keep it up and, like, keep kind of enhancing itself a little bit more. Uh, but then we get the reveal of Boba motherfucking Fett, or so we think. And I was all about it, because when you see him, I'm like, he looks stupid. What the yeah. fuck are they doing I was like, right this now? Guy's- and that's- and I immediately I was like, that's not Boba. That's absolutely yeah. not Boba because he looks so awkward. And I think that's kind of the point that they're trying to like. Oh, he totally. just does was, not yeah. fit with this. Uh, but yeah, if you'd asked me a week ago if uh, if I thought Timothy Oliphant would ever look bad in any type of suit, I would be like, no, he's one of the most handsomest people ever. There's no way he would look dumb in anything. Um, and then you would show me this episode. I was like, oh, I guess I'm proven wrong because he looked dumb in that suit. <laughs> But I, like, and I, I mean, loved it. Yeah, I think he was supposed to, kind of, right? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, after that reveal it was of absolutely like, intentional. Yeah. Also, I, I originally thought when they revealed him, just because I'm an idiot, I was like, I live reacted. I was like, Josh Dumal. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no. <laughs> Other kind they of vaguely generic white they handsome man. Like. Yeah, yeah, but 
imagine like him getting mm. approached for Star Wars and him getting really excited. He's like, what do I get to play? And it's like the same role you've been playing for years. Yep. yep. Just a, a, a Western sheriff. But you get just to like wear Deadwood, Boba Fett's like armor. Justified. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's like, all right, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm and your so guy. What's cool about this is I, I remember uh, a couple years ago when the the Star Wars universe kind of rebooted with the – or at least the expanded universe stuff, right? And like the books started coming out and there was the, the Aftermath uh, novels. And I remember ju- – I didn't read them, but I He's remember watching that, yeah. YouTube breakdowns and stuff. And like there, there was interludes in – in that, like in between chapters that were building the story of like, oh, there's someone being seen in, on Tatooine wearing Boba Fett's armor. And like they gave kind of like some light stuff. So that's all I really knew. So to see it in this and the, the backstory they give him and like I just was along for the ride so much where I loved the twist, loved seeing him, loved his character and the, like his personality. And like just him being called the Marshal, like everything about that I was there for. The Jawas kind of like getting him in the sand crawler and him getting the armor that way all of it was like this is fan fiction but it's working for me so well right <laughs> no yeah it, it worked for me like and it it worked so well where it was like when when it's when he takes off the helmet and i'm like are they just showing us and then it's just like oh no he's a phony i got like viscerally ang- angry and was like how could he have gotten the armor and then they they answered it so like mm-hmm. I was so yeah, and, relieved. And they, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, because I had that like kind of knee jerk reaction. I was like, "How did they get this?" And I like the kind of slow reveal of like the Jawas found it, and like once like he had mentioned like he had bought it off of Jawas. Like my immediate thought was like, "All right, Boba's alive. He's got like he's got to be around somewhere because there's no way that armor alone made it out. So he had to have found a way out." And I like that had that they like slowly kind of build up uh, throughout the uh, entire episode with that. Does the Starlight yeah. Pit not have like a butt somewhere, like sticking out of like a mountain or something? <laughs> well, you, just, you like, get armor? digested, isn't it? Like um, uh, the Starlight Pit, you get digested for like hundreds of years or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, C three PO uh, says um, so. But no, I mean, when that happened, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm actually okay if like all we get is that like they picked up his armor off some, you know, where it's like. It could end there, and then when we get to the end, and there's that little. Yeah, that's my thing, Barry. Like you said, that like you saw it coming, you knew that Boba was alive. I, for me, it's it wasn't a guarantee, and I for me for sure didn't expect to see it in this episode. Like I thought that if Boba was, and that's the thing, is it Boba? It probably is. Probably oh, absolutely. Is. Like, oh, yeah. There's age-wise, no way that they would. Yeah, they like age-wise, that Morrison. like yeah, they they aged yeah. twice but, but as Barrett, fast. But Barrett. What if it's just Rex? What if it's just some Clone Wars no, motherfucker? They age twice uh, as fast, right? Well, no. Uh, here's the thing: is that um, Boba uh, Django, when Django wanted his own clone son, yeah, um, he didn't do the aging thing on him. Right, like, he requested that he like. No, that's what I'm saying. But be, like, all the other ones age twice as fast, right? So yeah, but like uh, Rex, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's Rex why, and Rebels, and like right. Rebels takes yeah. place roughly like nine years before this. Like Rex is looks a little older nine years ago before the the events of this movie or uh this uh this show so i think he's right around there because you have to imagine in uh episode two he's got to be like 11 or 12 and then this is roughly 30 years after that so i think i think he's roughly looking around the the proper age but all like i don't know that he does that's the thing The, the, the getting fucked up part is like 
that that makes sense and i, I i'll give it to I him i almost didn't recognize him because more. like even his eyebrows were fucked up and i was like wait right. who is this and i had to like actually like they're, pay they're, attention but yeah they, they had already rumored that he was going to be making an appearance so people already had a theory that he was going to be playing boba fett so like that right. kind of solidified it once we saw this scene for me i was just like yep yeah, but just hear me it. out hear me out i think it is boba but mm. what if we somehow get a scene with with him playing multiple characters Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> that would that would be, be cool. fucking awesome, cool. right? And like, um, I don't even follow yeah. any of that. The like, I I don't. I've Wikipedia'd some stuff with the what was the name of the troop that like goes rogue? Bad bad. Uh, right? Fives. With fives. Fives is the uh, fives is the one that like kind of is close to f- discovering the emperor uh, or uh, Palpatine's plans, and um, or maybe it's not fives, but I think fives is the first one to die. Uh, yeah, it. it's it's. I just like. That was a moment I did not expect to be anywhere near, like, that excited. And, like, I really hope that we – that they do a good job peppering this throughout the season. Like, I don't need another moment for another two episodes. Like, that's fine. Or maybe – at least not in the next episode, you know? But, like, I hope that they build to something. Also, it can't be Rex because if you're going to play Rex, you got to have that really nice beard that he has in Rebels. So, that's all I'll say. Uh, but anyways, I, I obviously the end was like get hype, crazy shit. Like I hope they go somewhere interesting with it. Mm-hmm. But everything in between, I loved the Tuscan Raiders, like kind of like making them a bit more, you know, humanized and like yeah. And I, I like that bad they, guys. They brought that back too from like the little hint from season one of like he knows how to communicate with them and not like uh, immediately anger them and stuff like that. And I like that. We got like a little tease of that in this episode, and then they went like all in on it, and I I really liked that. And one of my notes was like, "Is Luke just a racist because he was just like, <laughs> oh, they're just the worst?" But I guess like any like race on Tatooine that isn't uh, a Tusken Raiders, like, oh yeah, they're just fucking terrible. So they're all kind of racist towards the Tusken Raiders. I, I mean, like it's just one of those tricky ones where like everyone treats them bad, and uh, then they got to do what they have to to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just, there was no communication, yeah. so it makes total sense. And yeah, I really yeah. liked that they doubled down on this from the first season. And then the the big fight with the dragon itself, I felt like it went on a little bit long, but every time I started feeling like it was dragging, something would happen where I'm just like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like when we get both of them flying up on the jetpacks and the music's playing, I was just yeah. like, what? And it looks good. Boba it- Fett uses. His toy thing now, is awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did. It did bother me the first time he used it because it looked so dumb. You know, in the flashback, I love it. Where yeah. like he was like, okay, no. uh, let me just, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but like down a little bit. Yeah. I can also see it being his like first time using it. But how dope mm-hmm. was it when the little thing comes down and it like off the visor? Tra- and it's like whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that they brought that back. And then like yeah, for me it was just like all right, we're. Getting a little long. Like, when I started feeling this entire sequence was too long, it was, like, right when they uh, he defeated it in just the coolest way possible, mm-hmm. uh, where he kind of sacrifices himself. I didn't realize at the beginning that they had put all of the explosives around. Um, I forget the, the name Bantha. of that. Yeah, the the Bantha. I was like, oh, my God, they're just going to uh, blow up this poor Bantha. I know, um, 
<laughs> and I like love that like he uses shock thing like on like inside the um the worm so long that he had to like come up for air and like let him out. That was just so freaking cool. Also, he was yeah. just willing to do that, and he was just like, "You take care of the kid." It's like you've known him for a day. I know. <laughs> like, you're gonna yeah. yeah, but it, like, I feel like doing this for armor, right man. Now. Like this wasn't <laughs> even to like find information about like uh, getting the child to his kind or anything. This was just straight up like, "Yeah, I need this fucking armor." <laughs> and so here's the thing: uh, you guys know me. You know I love a good get hype moment, and like I feel like this fight totally was that the builds with the music with them with literally a dude in boba fett armor with the mandalorian using his sick ass weapons all that shit was really cool but the aspect ratio change when they start the fight mm-hmm. did you guys notice that it went I full did. screen and i'm like this is awesome and it then allowed it, it worked two ways it was fucking epic going huge when it and built then, into it and then like when they leave the end, the end it so goes good. back to the the cinema Beautiful. and we see the the speeder go by we see the two sons and then the fucking boba fett reveal it's like that's how you end a season premiere good job john favreau yeah job. and i was surprised to learn that he wrote this as well this felt like a feloni like this felt like kind of like an okay episode from clone wars uh to me and i like clone wars and there, there's like a lot of things in this episode that i felt like would have translated better to like a, a cartoon just with like a, some dialogue here and there but i i still think ultimately it was a it was a good episode i was just surprised favreau was the one who wrote it now here's my question is like we I, I don't know if it's confirmed or if there it's just like rumored casting but like we might be getting Sabine from Rebels uh Bo-Katan from uh Rebels as well like do we think we're going to get Boba crossover with uh that whole like Mandalorian part of it too or do we think that like Boba's just going to have his own kind of side story that doesn't connect with any of that cuz I would love to I would love to see Boba try to connect to the Mandalorian culture because uh, Django was, I think, originally a Mandalorian who, um, like, the Mandalorian uh, um, government was like, yeah, we don't associate with him anymore. Um, well, well, I don't know. Aren't, aren't there, like, rumors and speculation that he had just gotten the armor somehow and was fronting? Yeah, I think so. It's a little hazy, but from what I remember... Disavowed um, Mandalorian, people are saying. Yeah, so he was like, he was a disavowed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested. I think, I mean, it's so early. Like, we only yeah. have one episode so far, so I, I, it's hard for me to kind of tell, like, where this season's going. But mm-hmm. from what we know about casting stuff and just from how last season went, I wouldn't be surprised. And we know that season three is already, like, being worked on. To me, that kind of leads me to believe that season one was about setting it up so that this episode feels earned, that this season feels earned. Of Like, there's now a world that we believe in for Mandalorian so that when music plays, we feel something when character interactions happen we care and they've done that i think season two is about to blow it up even more and introduce a lot more big characters like characters we're familiar with to expand the the storyline so that there could be a bunch of branching paths so that we are invested a bit more when there's side stories happening because like then there's an actual plot there and i think that season three might bring it all together a bit more but maybe i'm just being hopeful i don't know but I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes because there's a lot. I'm more interested now in multiple plots, whereas last season I was just like, "What's going on with the baby?" Uh, yeah, and like I'm, 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 and this was something I was really interested in season one, and I hope they eventually get there, just because we're getting, we think we're getting a couple more like uh, established Mandalorian characters of like what happened to this like race and culture in like the last. 
six seven years because like at least when like we last saw him in rebels it still was like a kind of like a big group of people and like now by the end of like a couple of years after um return of the jedi they're all of the, they're now like all of these broken up smaller tribes and i am wondering if we get any answers to that of like what happened to the mandalorian people during the events essentially of the original trilogy oh speaking of that i loved the essentially them watching the news as the second death star exploded like that was such a fun fun bit of them on Tatooine and like all celebrating like watching the death star explode i was like what a cool way to just tie it back and like give us a little thing of like the on the ground like what the real world would look like i also really really like the the second death star and it was like yeah. On that scene, oh, and we didn't bring this up. His speeder is absolutely oh, Anakin's my, I uh, literally, oh, racer. So I watched oh, yeah. this. I think I started watching it at like eleven forty-five, and like twelve. Mm. Let's say twelve fifteen. Like, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, like twelve fifteen. I texted Tim and was just like, "Yeah, it's." Uh, it's a uh, what, what am I saying? Uh, it's a pod, pod racer, racer, like pod racer. Jet. Yeah, and I just yeah. saw that text and I was so fucking frustrated, Kevin, because my Disney Plus. <laughs> too many people were trying to watch oh, at that time, no. so I couldn't oh, watch. Sorry, oh, dude. It's all good. Oh. It's all good. I yeah. stayed up. Like I was, I was tired, and I was like, I'm staying up. I'm gonna watch this, and it just would not play for me. Like it would have to buffer every like three minutes. And I was like, I need to. So I woke up this morning to watch, but I was looking, and the speeder goes. I'm like. That's not batteries. What the fuck's Kevin talking about? Yeah. And then the second speeder comes, and I was like, "Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> there it is, man!" I, 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 I love that, that little design. just like it's so good. Oh, it it yep. was so good, and I I love that little uh, attention to you know like filling in your head of like how this piece of uh anakin's pod racer ended up uh on this other side of the the planet over the years is just fun little stuff that like that I appreciate. Like Anakin's, the, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, it he had, was like he had, a he had slightly modified. Built. It was like yellow, right? Yeah, this one it was, was red. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, kind of parts around it were red, but like he had customly built that pod racer, and like that is absolutely I, yeah. like the the side of the uh, like one of his parts. Um, my one frustration about that scene is that they're just ca- they're on speeder bikes and they're just casually talking like there's no loud noises yeah. around them, <laughs> and I was like, that's not how this works. Uh, Timothy, you got to be speaking up a little bit there. Um, uh, it was just like one little detail where I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I, I loved it. I, the pod race. I love pod racing, man. Like I hope that at some point in some actual canon media, we get another pod race. Like just give it to me. Just give it to me. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, let us know in the comments below what your favorite pod racer is. <laughs> uh, Mine's Chastity, Boba. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Chastity underscore V, and you can find me on GameSpot Universe where I have a full video of all the Easter eggs from this episode of The Mandalorian going up later today. Uh, so check that out, youtube.com slash GameSpot Universe. Awesome. That's where I, that's where I go to uh, see if any if I've missed anything. So y'all do good work over there. Thank go you. check it out. Go support the homie. Thank you very much, Chastity, for joining us for this. Like I said, she's going to be joining us uh, hopefully for all the episodes if scheduling permits. Um, that's very exciting. We'll be doing screencasts like this for uh, the rest of the year. I want to say throughout uh, till the end of Mandalorian. So it's exciting times. Barrett, thank you for joining us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At some point, WandaVision is going to start. It's an exciting time. For oh, Jesus. Right? Uh, <laughs> anyways, till next time. Love you guys. Tim, Bye. remember when Ben Quadrino's engines wouldn't start and he was like ben pressing Quadineros. all the Ben Quadineros. Oh, Quadineros, you're right. And then it shot everywhere. That was crazy. That was.